0: What is up you guys, my sunlight samurais. Well today, sunlight's not shining, so I'm not getting a lot of sunlight, but at least yesterday it was a very good day. It was actually very hot in the middle of the summer, and I got about 15 minutes both sides, nice fried. St- 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 done. Got my bottom D, got my tan going, I thought that was enough. And I seem to maintain my tan relatively long, even though I'm not really getting a lot of sunlight, because you're having lots of weird weather. So I'm not, I, like December, I've not really gotten perfect sunlight, but I feel like I've also, like, maintained the benefits that vitamin D give me, that the sunlight give me. And I just stand as much as possible that, you know, I get chance to do so when the weather permits. Supposedly in the middle of summer. Getting all kinds of weird weather. Anyway, so, I've actually, um, kind of like, un- under the weather. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, because, like, we had some people come over and visit us. And I'm not going to say that they made me sick, but it was them. So... <laughs> I, the symptoms I get is kind of like achiness and got some head heaviness. And that was kind of like the main symptoms that they also had. So also some kind of slight fever. So the first day, you know, I was fine until later in the day, I started getting this achiness in my legs and the muscles and the joints. And it slowly started spreading upwards into my body. But it kind of like remained mostly in the lower body. And then I also started to feel really bad in terms of hypoglycemia later in the day. And you know, if I would stand up to do something, I would get like this vision and feel like, like I was going to pass, I was getting black, so I just had to like race myself and get over that and I can sit down and then I'm always, um, I'm relatively fine. And then I had this fever effect, cold fever, fever, dengue fever, yellow fever, hay fever, fever fever, all, all fevers um, would be covered. Where I would, I know, go into the bedroom, um, put all the blankets on top of me and just like heat myself up. And obviously, you know, you have to break that, that fever with more heat. So that's what the body wants to do. Is like when you um, have a virus come into you and infect you, your body wants to upregulate the temperature to kill the virus. So the first night I broke the fever and I took a bunch of supplements to do so in the process. So some of the supplements I took was nicolosamide, aspirin, methylene blue, niacinamide, pyruvate, uh, tenmethoxy, and cyberheptadine. Um, maybe there was more... I took um, what was the product called Lapidin from Labs and Panquinone. So there's quinones and a bunch of stuff. So it's about nine supplements. I know it seems like the kitchen sink approach to it, but let me explain. So first of all, the Nicolosomide has a very broad spectrum antiviral effect. And it upregulates uncoupling and it downregulates inflammation. So that's one of the best things that you can do to help break the fever. Because your body wants to upregulate its own temperature... To kill the virus, anything that you do that can help to do so will help to faster break the the fever and kill the bacteria. So, to increase my temperatures and help with the fever, I took aspirin or at least sodium salicylate in relatively large doses, thyroid and nicolasamide. All of those would increase uncoupling, lower my inflammation, restore energy production in the body, and that really helped to crush the fever. Then I focused on anti-serotonin compounds because serotonin has a whole host of negative effects when it comes to viral infections. So viral infections increase serotonin and the serotonin helps with viral replication. It, ha- it stimulates virus-induced inflammation and it promotes viral shedding. And then serotonin in itself is highly inflammatory, causes vascular complications, the muscle achiness that I experienced, um, eye problems, skin problems, like every kind of... like Because it's so inflammatory, it can cause a lot of problems, especially in the gut. And that's why I took the nicolosomide and the beta lapachone So the beta lapachone not beta lapachone the uh, lapidin from DLAPS contain Imodin and beta lapachone two quinones. That's very good for the gut. So the nicolosomide and those two quinones are very good for the gut, lowering inflammation and preventing negative effects from happening in the gut. So there is a lot of evidence to suggest that people that have, have uh, long COVID, they have gut dysbiosis. And that's why they have long COVID. So what happens is that this is your normal microbiome. So now you get inflammatory response in the intestine. Now, sh- the inflammation shifts the microbiome here. Then After you've dealt with the viral infection, the microbiome shifts back to where it's supposed to be. But people that get long COVID, it stays here. So now this dysfunctional microbiome promotes inflammation, sexual dysfunction, brain problems, because the microbiome starts shifting back. So that's why I used compounds to reduce gut inflammation so that the, like, my gut doesn't get stuck here. So the faster it can go back to the way it was and the faster you can heal yourself. So that's why I used a lot of compounds that focus on the gut like sodium salicylate, nicolosomide, and the lapidin. And then I used panquinone. So the three quinones, so okay, panquinone contains naphthoquinones and another quinone that I'm not going to try to pronounce here and then the beta-lapachones, so there's a, quite a few quinones that I use. So quinones have very strong anti-inflammatory effects, first of all, and it helps with the redox balance of a cell. So the redox balance is things like the NAD to NADH ratio, the pyruvate to lactate ratio, the FAD to FDH ratio, the reduced to the oxidized glutathione ratio, those kind of stuff. That's like kind of like the, there's a, much, a bunch more, but those, that's kind of like the premise for it. So... If your cells are more in an oxidized state, meaning that you have more NAD to NADH, more pyruvate to lactate, then your cells are in a better position to produce energy and combat any kind of problem that you're encountering. So the healthier you are, the more oxidized you will be. The better your cells can produce energy and combat any kind of negative effect that happens. So I use these quinones that help with energy production, lowers the inflammation, and keeps the redox balance in an oxidized state. So that was very good. And also these quinones have strong antiviral effects. So basically everything I used has strong antiviral effects. Then I used methylene blue, which helps with the redox as well, and supports the electron transport chain to produce energy. And methylene blue in itself is highly protective against the inflammation induced by a virus. So it's very highly neuroprotective, first of all. It protects the mitochondria, supports energy production, and it inhibits the excess production of nitric oxide, which causes a lot of damage. So that's why I use Metham Blue. Metham Blue is amazing. Antiviral as well, if I didn't mention that. And then lastly, not lastly, but one of the important things I did the next day, the second day that I was sick, I got sunlight. So sunlight, the UVA specifically, this is not unique to vitamin D, the UVA has strong antiviral effects. So if you don't feel well, try to get sunlight because that will upregulate antiviral effects in the body. Get that sunlight. And then, obviously, as you get sunlight, your skin produces vitamin D, and the vitamin D also has strong effects on the immune system that helps you to overcome viral infections and that inflammation induced by the virus. Alright, so I talked about serotonin being bad, but I didn't mention what I used. So the two things that I used, or actually, the two okay, the two main things that I used to combat the excess serotonin was cyproeptidine and tenmethoxiharmelon. So tenmethoxiharmelon, if you haven't heard of this one yet, has equally as strong anti-serotonin effects compared to LSD. So LSD in small amounts have strong anti-serotonin effects. And the higher dose you use, obviously, the more serotonergic it does become because it agonizes the 2A receptor, which is something that you don't want when it comes to viral replications. So uh, uh, cyproheptidine antagonizes access histamine, um, which it can also be inflammatory, access serotonin, and access to cholinergic activation. So all of those will help to prevent like the negative effects induced by the viral infection. And cyproeptidine is also anti um, antiviral by acting on the sigma-1 receptor. So a lot of drugs is actually sigma-1 receptor agonists, and through that receptor they have antiviral effects. So that's cyproeptidine, tenethoxamolone, strong uh, anti-serotonin effects as well. And then the other compounds that's kind of like an indirect anti-serotonin effect would be the quinones, which, uh, by shifting the redox stat- status of the cell to more NADH to NADH and more pyruvate to lactate, um, enhances the uptake of serotonin into platelets. So serotonin, the majority of serotonin is produced in the gut, and that's what that's why it's so important to to prevent excess gut inflammation. Because the more inflammation you have, the more serotonin is being produced, and that goes into the system, into your blood, and produces inflammation wherever in the body. So. Um, So once that serotonin is in the body, it's uptaken by platelets, right? So that's where it's not harmful. It's in the platelets. It's being carried around. But when the platelets release the serotonin, the serotonin is free serotonin in the blood. That's when it starts to cause problems. And the uptake of the free serotonin by the platelets is dependent on the NAD to NADH ratio, the redox status of the body. So always want to make sure that the redox status is optimal and that your cells... Can produce energy without any kind of hiccup, so that was kind of like the main reason for my approach. I want to block excess serotonin, restore proper energy production, keep the redox st- status of the body in it as a whole optimally, and then make sure I'm just crushing any kind of inflammation everywhere in the body, including the gut. So that was kind of like the protocol. I'm feeling a lot better, except that my body is still a little bit achy, so I don't feel like I can train as intensely as of yet. So I'm just going to take this as a deload week, which is fine. And that kind of like brings me to the next topic that I want to talk to you guys about. It's like, when you're not feeling well, how do you eat to maintain muscle mass? Because I'm now in a deficit, and usually when people get sick, they lose muscle mass. So how can you maintain muscle mass when you're sick and you don't have an appetite to eat? So uh, next video, I'm going to talk to you guys about um, protein requirements and how you can make sure that you eat enough to maintain muscle mass. All right, guys. Hans out. Talk you soon, my Sun- sunlight samurai. Cheers, guys.